0: Weiss, the uncomfortable truth. Listen, a lot of us are blowing it. That's the uncomfortable truth because we're not prepared for common responses. I call this limited response. You know, we walk into a meeting or a new situation and we feel as though anything can happen, but it can't. There's a finite range of responses that are going to take place. No one is going to say to you, when did you come down from the mothership? No one's going to say, when was the last time you were in prison?" I want to refer you to what I call my gun-in-the-drawer question, and that is someone kept asking me questions similar to this. Alan, what if I'm sitting in front of the desk of an executive and he keeps pulling out the top right-hand drawer and pushing it back in, and when I look over the desk, I see there's a gun in there. What do I do? And my response is, has this ever happened to you? Well, no, but what if it did? I'm not interested. That's my gun-in-the-drawer question. And if you're starting to prepare yourself for things that have never ever happened to you or anyone else, You've got the gun in the draw question, stop it. There are finite responses to prepare for. For example, you walk into a meeting with a a person in his or her office for the first time, and they say to you, good morning, would you like some coffee? What can I do for you? What can you do for me? How is it that Mary referred you to me? There are six or seven things like that that are going to take up 99% of the probabilities of first responses. When you're networking, the same thing applies. What brings you to support this organization? Did you like the last speaker? Have you been donating to this cause for long? you be prepared for these things. You know, Margaret Wheatley wrote a book called Leadership in the New Science many, many years ago. Uh, One thing she said in there was that even chaos has boundaries, which was, you know, marvelously interesting since Margaret Wheatley is one of the most cynical and depressing people I've ever met. But that's what she said in the book, even chaos has boundaries, and she demonstrates it. The same for proposal reactions, people are going to say, we'll take option two, or can we have option three at the price of option two? Can we we combine option one and option two? Can we change the dates? There's a limited number of responses, including no. You need to identify the likely responses and prepare for them. It's criminally negligent not to. It's not criminally negligent not to get a sale but to fail to get a sale because you weren't prepared for obvious and normal responses that is criminally negligent now don't be like politicians who don't answer questions at all so when somebody has a response you have to answer it directly whether you're prepared for it or not but if someone says to a politician where do you stand on immigration and the politician says immigration is a vital concern just as social security is and let me tell you where I've also always stood on social security We don't need that kind of crap. Your reply must be brief. Even though you've prepared, your reply must be brief. Don't tell them everything you know. Tell them just what they need to know. You know, the worst examples of this are college professors and politicians who are already safely in office. Especially senators with six-year terms. Both are temporarily or permanently insulated from performance feedback. And they don't care what they tell you. They have no respect for their constituents. They have no respect for their students. They tell you what they want. If you're pulled over on the highway by a cop, you know the cop is going to walk over to your window and say something like, Hello, ma'am. Do you know how fast you were going? Or do you know why I pulled you over? Those questions are the two asked about 88% of the time. You'd be prepared for them. And by the way, my brother-in-law, who's a cop for 30 years, told me, when you're pulled over and cop faces you, Keep your hands in sight, be polite, and do as you're told. And that's very simple and good advice. Again, that's a response, nonverbal response in some cases, but an intelligent response. Understand that some responses you'll prepare for are negative or just plain no. Prepare for these as well. If you didn't prepare for the no, there wouldn't be a successful salesperson in the entire country. So we have to be prepared for anything that's likely to occur. Million Dollar Consulting, my franchise book, one of the most successful business books and the most successful consulting book of all time, on the shelves for over 30 years in five editions, was rejected 15 times. I didn't pack my tent and go home. You can work to co opt some expected responses, such as, I would like others to see this. Well, head that off by saying, Are you the only decision maker? Or if it's a small business, I know your spouse or partner is in the business. I need to talk to them as well. Or I understand you have an executive council and a committee, but this is a strategic decision. Let them decide how to do it. You have to decide if to do it. And you do that in advance, even when you have dogs barking. If somebody's, you, you anticipate somebody might say, can you lower the price? You say, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you three options, and they range from the lowest price I can offer to the most value I can offer. But I cannot make deals on these prices, so please be aware my proposal is a summation, not an exploration, and not a negotiation. So in this case, you're heading things off. So your pre- preparation for response is both preventive and contingent, and that's no small issue. Also, be prepared for acceptance for somebody saying yes. Too many people are staggered by success and they throw it away or fail to exploit it, the uncomfortable truth. Did you say yes? Well, yeah, when can you start? Well, gee, I don't know. Probably not for another month. Really? Can you double the size of the project? I don't know. Of course you can. You know, I estimate there's a feasible set of about 85% when you will be correct in predicting and preparing for the response. So you can be successful preparing for what you need to about 85% of the time. And if you stay within that feasible set, you'll be successful in what you want to achieve 90% of the time. But if you don't predict predict or prepare for that feasible set, that drops your likely percentage to under 50%, in my opinion. It's a huge difference in furthering a cause, in gaining your next objective, in going to the next step, in closing the sale. Try to understand that most responses are not going to be binary. They're not going to be yes or no, up or down this place or that place, now or later. There'll be shades of gray, not 50 shades of gray, which is boring, but there'll be shades of gray. Be prepared for the in-between. Also prepare to counter with provocation. What are your three best techniques for achieving what I want to achieve? Well, actually, there's only one. So you anticipate a question like that and you come back with a powerful, different kind of answer. We have two options here. Well, in that case, let me suggest three more. So if somebody has a binary, yes or no, up or down, two choices, you say, well, let me suggest three more things you can do. Responses can vary. You know, they can vary at different times and at different conditions. There's an old story about a company that had a a sales force that was erratic, but they had one guy out in Seattle who was the highest producer every year. And so the company hired three PhD psychologists, spoke very slowly to them, and asked them to go visit this guy and see what he did so they could spread it to the rest of the sales force. So they sat down in his living room. And the guy was about 70 years old, and he had a a faltering tone. And he was very nice, not very aggressive. And they said, we'll be your clients, we'll be your prospects. Your buyer, show us what you're doing. He took out a big sales book of the products, and he turned over to the first page. He said, do you want this? They said, no. He turned the next page, do you want this? No. Well, he did that through 60 pages of their product offerings. And at the 60th page, he said, well, do you want this? They said, no. He closed the book. He turned it over. He opened back to the first page again and said, do you want this? Sometimes it's a question of perseverance. I've had editors who have turned down a manuscript on Thursday who would accept it on a Monday. Believe me, it depends who they had an argument with at home or how they're feeling about their boss. Don't confuse power or hierarchy with intelligence and insight when you're making responses. There is no direct correlation between intelligence and insight and power and hierarchy. Trust me. And ignore the whole judgmental castigation. Don't be judgmental. Why the hell not? We're judgmental every day. We tell people all the time, use your judgment. In fact, telling you not to be judgmental is a judgmental statement. Don't listen to people like that. You'll be far better off. And that's a limited response. (laughs) You know, I heard a story once about a little boy in the street playing in horse manure. And the grocer who owned the store there came out and he said, little boy, what are you doing? Little boy said, I'm building a grocer. Grocer calls a neighborhood cop and the cop says, little kid, What are you doing down there? And the kid says, I'm building a cop. Well, who comes along now but the neighborhood management consultant? And the consultant says to the kid, I know what you're doing. You're building a management consultant. And the boy says, nope, not enough crap. And that's the uncomfortable truth.